Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with James Vagley and Ash Playstead. Being a successful mortgage broker is not just about offering great rates and great service. You need to become the best marketer, leader and strategist to outthink your competition. If you want to grow your mortgage business and do it smarter, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit www.brokerworkshop.com. That's brokerworkshop.com. Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody, and welcome aboard another episode of the MBA podcast. I'm James Vagley. I've got Ash Playstead with me as always. How are you, Ash, today? Great to be here, James. I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Awesome. Doing well. So this episode, listeners, is a could be controversial. We'll see or we'll find out after in the reviews and the comments, Ash, why, <laughs> why cross-selling is a bad idea. Now, being in the mortgage industry, we see this a lot. We see mortgage brokers offering loans and helping their customers with mortgages. That's what we do. And there's a point where a lot of businesses start to want to diversify. And instead of just offering mortgages, they go, well, we should also offer our clients insurance or we should offer them um, budgeting, wealth creation. You You could accounting, you could insert any number of products and services, right? And that in itself is a very good idea but the way that most mortgage businesses go about it, Ash, is completely wrong and a very bad idea, which is the, I'm going to help you with a loan, you're happy, all done and dusted, and now, by the way, after, would you like some insurance now? And that's a very bad idea, right? It's a shocker, you know, and I, this, is, this is one that I've kicked around in my businesses uh, when I was running mortgage businesses with brokers that I um, coached and trained and just brokers that I networked with in the industry, when this topic used to come up, which it would regularly about cross-selling, you know, and I come from a cross-selling background. Like pr- prior to the mortgage industry, I worked in you know, consumer finance for many years and cross-selling was key to profitability, right? So, you know, <laughs> you had your core product, but you were always trying to cross-sell other products to, you know, to maximise um, the financial return from any given customer. Now, but bringing that across to mortgage broking, you know, I used to have this conversation about, well, w- why don't I cross sell, you know, insurance or, you know, car finance or, or um, you know, uh, recommending properties, uh, you know, properties um, to make more money. And, and my answer was always, well, are you making all the money that you can make out of processing more mortgages? And the answer was invariably no. And my response was always, well, why would you want to cross-sell something else to make more money? If you're, if you're driving um, desire or, or imperative is to make more revenue, why not sell more home loans? Why not be better at running a business that processes more home loans? And I always used to be hit with, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like So for me, James, this is a really key distinction. There's a big difference between cross-selling for more money uh, or having other services that you can give to a client that are that are intrinsic to the process as a service proposition. That's a totally different thing. But but cross-selling for more money, bad idea. Well, there was a few different ways I was going to go with this conversation. And 
you're right. One of the things that a light bulb went off in my head when you were saying it is that you're right in that if you're a mortgage expert, mortgage professional, and then you start to offer accounting or budgeting or uh, some other service, that becomes really inefficient because you can't be an expert at all things. So there's the inefficiency issue in terms of cross-selling is a bad idea because it dilutes your expertise and efficiency. Um, The other thing and the angle that I was going for on this conversation was around that a lot of mortgage professionals know it feels salesy and it doesn't feel comfortable when they try and cross-sell insurance. It's like, I'm a mortgage broker. I'm going to help them with their mortgage or their loan. And then they feel uneasy and um, a little bit awkward about asking, do you want fries with that at the end? You know, do you want, uh, let's look Mm. at your insurance or let's look at this. And that's the other side of the bad idea coin. So there's two sides to the bad idea coin. One is it can become really inefficient. The other is that it can be really, really salesy. Now there's a solution, but let's dive in a little bit deeper into these inefficiencies and salesiness that's going on. Yeah. Hey, well, look, such a good conversation, you know, and I mean, if, if it was me, I would rather refine my business that freed up enough time that I could see two extra clients a week that make me an extra $4,000. That I would rather, I think it's a much better idea generally to focus on maximizing your productivity of mortgages, your core business. Once you get that to a point of I'm satisfied that I'm fulfilling my potential there, then okay, perhaps look to add different streams of revenue. I'm going to be really controversial here, James. And, you know, there there is a business model, um, uh, you know, which is the um, one-stop shop model. And there's a particular national business that uh, tried to integrate financial planning, accounting, uh, wealth advice, and mortgage broking into one model. And, you know, the founder of that business made a lot of money. However, it had very, very low support low growth, the share price of the companies still at a historical low because the capacity to find good people that are able to to be experts in multiple disciplines, multiple verticals, and deliver exemplary service across all of them to one client, that's really, really difficult and really, really fraught with danger. And you become a generalist rather than a specialist. Um, and of course, we talk about this a lot, James, that, you know, really the time to diversify and go big with a diversified financial plan, uh, um, financial services business. That's when you've built, you know, your sausage factory. That's when you've built your production line that you can replicate. Uh, whereas I think, to be honest with you, most mortgage professionals get tempted to the cross selling, um, opportunity by the prospect of, well, I've already got the customer. Why not? offer them something else. Um, but if you don't do it really, really, really well and really bake it into your processes and your brand, yeah, you know, you're going to hit a lot of resistance. And then all of a sudden, instead of making more money, you're actually making less because you're taking the focus off your mortgage business. Yeah, 100%. We do actually see a lot of mortgage brokers trying to cross-sell too soon. It's, I've, I'm a mortgage broker, I'm getting some customers, 
now I should add insurance or financial planning, yet they don't even have a working system for selling mortgages and it becomes a big mess very, very quickly. So in that respect, cross-selling is also a bad idea. Now, uh, it's an interesting conversation because I actually think that integrative selling and the one-stop shop can actually be a very, very smart business model, depending on the, the market that you operate in. But the way that most mortgage brokers approach it is the wrong or, or a bad idea. So if any of our listeners are at the point where they want to grow that share of wallet and recognize that if you help one customer with three or four services as opposed to one, you obviously need to see less customers and you make more money from them. So that's a great idea, but you can't do it in a way that's come for a mortgage and at the end, I'm going to bolt on financial advice or property or budgeting and things like that. The only way to make cross-selling work or to make selling other products and services work is to remove that word from our listeners' vocabulary, cross-sell, and instead install another word, which is integrated or integrated selling, where the client comes in and from day one, we are changing the conversation and we are starting to help them with a bigger picture solution that helps them get from A to B. And lo and behold, each and every one of your customers, our listeners, customers, wants to get to B or C and D. And the only way for them to get there is by utilizing the products and services of many professionals. You cannot help your customer get from A to their dream scenario B with just a loan, with just a mortgage. They need other things. And if you take a step up and map out a solution for them to get from A to B, it's likely going to include mortgages. It might include financial planning or advice. It might include um, having a smarter budget. It might include insurances, all baked into the one solution. That's the only way that offering other products and services works in a non-salesy, very efficient way. And then, of course, Ash, it's up to you whether you decide to offer those alternative products and services in-house or you refer to external experts. Either way, you mm. have to integrate them into your sales process if it's going to work. Yeah, I love the word integrated, James. It really speaks to me about, you know, an extension of, you know, the trajectory of a mortgage business or the career of the uh, operator of the business. It, it, it sort of sits as a natural progression once you've got a really successful, profitable um, mortgage business. It's, it sits as a natural next challenge to integrate other services, either by having other people in your business who are specialists um, I'm not a big fan of one person being an expert, um, you know, in, in all those disciplines. I, for me, it works better if you've got a mortgage specialist, a wealth specialist, a property specialist, an insurance specialist. Now, whether you end up integrating them into your own business or whether you just outsource them to a hub-and-spoke model of suppliers, but at the end of the day, it's a natural progression. So I, I'm with you. I, I, I do love an integrated financial services model, but timing is everything. And I think the big mistake in the context of the bad idea, 
part of you know the topic of this discussion is it's the timing that leads to the bad idea. It's, most people do it at the wrong time, and most do it because it's based on well, I'm talking to this person. Why wouldn't I offer them a service that they're otherwise going to get elsewhere? And why wouldn't I want to make the revenue from that service? All of those things you can mount an argument for. But here's the problem. The problem is you're still not maximising your mortgage opportunity. So why would you diversify when you still haven't got a successful, organised, systemized mortgage business that you can hand on heart, say, this works with or without me? 100%. Well, you can't do integrative selling in a half-baked way. You've got to be all in. You've got to be all in. Yeah. You've got to be all in. And you can't master that unless you've first mastered your loan and mortgage delivery process, which, as we know, Ash, most mortgage professionals, although they're very good at what they do, they don't have a defined, repeatable process for delivering mortgages. So the first thing our listeners need to do is master the loan process and systemize the loan process. Uh, go back and listen to our episode around building your conveyor belt or building your sausage factory and master delivery of mortgages first. Then when you have a very well-oiled working system, you can consider adding other things into the mix. And at that point, we need to review and, it, and install strategy or solution-based sales that integrate all those additional products and services that we want to offer. And then the third thing our listeners will need to do, of course, is look at what is that delivery model going to be for all these other products and services? Is it going to be in-house and how am I going to do that? And or is it going to be referred out to other specialists for a um, exchange of revenue? Or there are many different models that we know work. But the thing that we want to stress, at least in this episode, is just master mortgages first. And if you do want to add additional products and services, make sure you do it in a strategy or solution based sales environment. Otherwise, it's just going to come across as a little bit douchey and salesy and your customers Icky. aren't going mm. to like it. <laughs> and this is why most mortgage brokers are no good at getting referrals out of accountants because accountants are on the other side of the equation. They're specialists in accounting and, and they don't feel comfortable offering fries with the burger because but, you know it's not baked into the services. But Look, I digress, James, going back to what you said about mastering mortgages. And what, what we're talking about here is not mastering the knowledge or the skill of writing a loan. We're talking about mastering the systemization and setting up of systems, procedures, and checks and balances that allow you to scale and, and grow capacity in your business without working longer hours. And, you know, that sort of leads me to, um, you know, to say that one of the hidden or sort of almost um, greatest benefits of learning to master business methodology as it applies to the mortgage industry is you learn through that process how to add in and replicate adding in as a services at a later date. So this is one of the great benefits of focusing on mastering, you know, mortgage business um, methodology is it's very, very simple, essentially then, to replicate that across 
into other verticals. So that's the sort of, you know, one of the things I wanted to add to what you said, Jane, for anyone listening is, you know, the mastering the mortgages, what we're speaking to there is mastering the business methodology, you know, essentially the sausage factory. And, you know, there's a, a few versions of what that looks like depending on, you know, you as an individual and how big you want to be and whether you want to stay seeing clients and all those variables, James. But, you know, the byproduct of doing that well and to industry best practice and benchmarks is you acquire knowledge and skills that allow you to quite seamlessly take the step to integrated selling as opposed to adding cross-selling early on when you simply, your focus is share of wallet, you know, more money. You know, if that's your thinking, my advice is focus on being doing more of what you're good at and save the cross-selling to later. Yeah, that's right. And that's what I guess that's what we teach in our 10x model, which is around the building that sausage factory and then making their transition to business owner. And for those once they have that working model to making the jump to uh, scaling that business and even adding additional products and services. But I want to I want to drop one last secret before we start to wrap up. And that's that when you have a strategic or a solution-based selling system with your clients, our listeners, here's the, here's the secret that if you start having a conversation with your clients, not just about mortgages, but about where they want to go financially, and that conversation opens up maybe the need for them to review their financial plan or to get some help budgeting or to get a better accountant to save more money in tax, guess what that's done? It's now opened up the need for that person to go and talk to a good accountant or a good financial advisor. And the secret, of course, is that you can now then go and partner with accountants and financial advisors because you are sending them business all day, every day. And when you do that, they send you business all day, every day in return. And that's one of the side secrets, side benefits to uh, integrated selling solutions that you end up embedding your partners in what you do and they embed what you do with what they do. And that multiplies your lead flow by a factor of three or four or five with very little work. So I thought I'd drop that for our listeners as well as a side benefit. That's a biggie, James. I hope everybody um, sort of picked up there that, you know, when you do this properly, one of the things that you end up with is a proposition that you can take to referral partners that's um, irresistible. You know, not only are you good at what you do, not only do you run a systemized business, not only do you have checks and balances that can validate your, your best practice approach to serving clients, that which is all awesome, your process also um, chops up and opens up all of the other integrated services that you become the distributor of opportunities. You know, that's a great talking point to have if you're going to talk to a property um, buyer's advocate, for example, or an accountant, or an advisor, or an insurance broker, you know, a huge plus. And I know there's no, relevate, uh, no, no great revelation in, you know, the fact that we sit in the centre of the trust relationship often with a client. 
the difference that I think you're pointing to, James, is that this gives you a clear a sort of documented, baked-in way to communicate it rather than just talking anecdotally off the top of your head when you speak to a potential referral partner. Oh, yeah, I talk to clients and, you know, often they say they haven't got an accountant and, you know, I could refer them to you. I mean, anybody can say that, but not everybody can sit down with a partner and say, here's how I do business, here's my methodology, here's how we identify the, you know, the needs the customer has to fulfil their vision around their financial future then it becomes just an automatic handover of a client. It's not even a referral. It's just a handover of a client. That separates you from 99% of the competition. It will. It 100% will. So I guess as a, as a bit of a summary, we've there are many ways of skinning the cat and we've discussed a few of them today. But essentially, cross-selling in its basic form is, is still a bad idea. It doesn't work. It's inefficient. It feels tacky. You need to do it right. And you need to think about it and have a, a proper strategy for it. And when you do do it and you do it well, your clients will actually love you because you've helped them not just get a better loan or a better deal on their mortgage, but with their whole financial life, which means they become more sticky, which means they talk about you and they refer you more often. It also means you make more revenue. There are many, many pluses to adding additional products and services, but not when it's done in a, do you want fries with that after the fact cross sale? Yeah, yeah. it's not McDonald's, James. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good things about how McDonald's do business, but one that you don't want to take across to your business is, um, you know, uh, offering other services as people go through the drive-through, you know, I know that might sound um, cheapening it a bit, but McDonald's do a lot of things incredibly well, as we know, and a lot of that is is transferable. But one thing that's not is offering clients extra services on the fly. Doesn't work in the mortgage industry at all. McMortgage broking, Ash. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's very humorous, James. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Ash, um, I hope our listeners have got a few. We've been doing this for, you know, we've been doing this since 2008. We've been in the industry decades. So uh, we've proven this in our business and a lot of the businesses we've helped. So hopefully our listeners, listeners take this on board and either focus on being an expert in mortgages. And if you are going to add additional products and services, do it in the right way. And remember that cross-selling is a bad idea if it's done in the wrong way. So uh, this has been a fun episode, Ash, and hopefully valuable for our listeners and uh, can't wait till next week. Yeah, great chat, James. And anybody wants to challenge us on any of this, um, get in contact and tell us what you think. We'd love to chat about it. Until next time, see ya. Bye. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income, and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Dash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.